Hey there, future fans. This week, Groundhog Day gets bloody, The Notebook gets a what if, and Battle Royale gets political. This is the week of March 13th, 2020, and you are listening to episode 167 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show so sorry about last week's episode there was a hiccup with the somewhat nerdy site and it meant that the episode was delayed but since i actually finished it i thought why not put it up even if it's after the release date of um of those movies and after when i say it is in the show because maybe it'll get a few listens i know at least got one i know at least one person listened because of the answers i got to the question of the week but good news so far i am coronavirus free i say that because as you know i am a bookkeeper at a grocery store my county has had its official first case of the coronavirus so i have to play the don't touch your face you fucking idiot game where I remind myself to not touch my face, I'm a f***ing idiot. Maybe that's why I've been sick so much this year. Maybe, maybe it was me being tested going, hey, don't do it, because something worse is coming. Yay, I've learned my lesson, maybe. Well, in case you are new to the show, no, this is not a a politics show, because what kind of name would Future Fucks with Billiam be for a politics show, or a world news show, or a fear-mongering show. No, I'm none of those. I talk about movies. Huh, weird. I was just looking at the bottle that my throat spray comes in. I changed brands because it was $2 cheaper, though I think I might go back to the old one. But this one has honey in it, and get this, here's the weird part. If you're allergic to bee products or honey, you should not use this honey throat spray. Right? That's f***ing weird. Next, you're going to tell me if you're allergic to peanuts, you shouldn't eat a Reese's Pieces. That is just insane in the membrane. Well, I got off topic. Let me talk about this show and what it is. Like I already said, you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam, and I am Billiam. That would that would make sense, right? If you're allergic to Billiam, please discontinue listening to the show. Consult a doctor for any use beyond one month. That's a lie. Please keep listening. You don't have to consult a doctor. Or maybe consult your doctor going, hey, I'm listening to this podcast. You should listen to it too. Because you're a human. And what do humans do? They love movies. That's right. Anyway, on this show, we do quite a few things, all of which are movie related. The first thing I always talk about is the news. That is any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. We then go into the trailers. Once again, it's any new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. And guess what? I am not perfect no matter how hard I try, no matter what my cats think, I am not perfect. So if I ever miss anything that you thought I should have talked about, please let me know and I will talk about it in the next episode. After the news and the trailers, we get into the movies which are broken up into two categories. Those categories are the limited releases and wide releases and interesting indies. In the first segment, we talk about all the limited movies that did nothing to catch my eye. And remember, we base all of our judgments on future flicks, and I mean the royal we, because it's just me. We base it only on the trailers, because that is how movies have to sell themselves to us. It is it is their only way. And my friends, in this day and age, you know, when we're all working, we are working for the almighty dollar. Why waste it? Unless you know you want to see it, and I help you with that. So in the limited section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. And then that's usually where I leave it. I may say a couple words about the movie. I may not. Once we're in the wide releases and interesting indie section, this is the section where I put all of the movies that are getting either wide releases. That's every wide release. So even the ones I don't think look good, I will still talk about. And then all of the limited release movies or smaller movies that did catch my eye. In that section, I'll tell you what the movie is, who's in it, what it's about, well, technically what it's called, what it's about, who's in it, and then I will give you a thought or two on it. I will will tell you my feelings, and once again, based only on the trailer. 
And then we wrap it all up with the Billiams Interest Level Score, which is a score that goes anywhere from a zero for those terrible, terrible movies. Basically, it goes anywhere from Meet the Feebles to Gladiator. Basically, it goes anywhere from Fifty Shades of Grey to Ghostbusters. And you know what I don't doubt? You know what I have never doubted for a minute? That maybe there are one or, one or two of you out there, maybe, just maybe, that you do listen to the show just to find out about all of the movies. And maybe our opinions differ quite a bit. But no matter what, you come back, you come back and listen to the show every week, and I thank all of you for it. And if you if it's your first time, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you stick around. You don't have to go back. You don't have to go back and listen to old episodes. It's not worth it. I just get worse the farther back you go. I, I really think that every episode I do is the best episode because uh, I don't like listening to past me. I think I'm cringy. I'm, I thank God you don't. Okay, that's a lie. It's, it's not as bad editing the show for me now than it was when I was first starting out. Because those of you who've been around for a while or have heard me mention this before, the, the show used to be fully scripted. I would write out everything. And I think I'm a good writer. I, I really do. But it, it didn't work in the podcast form, really. And it also it also didn't sound genuine. So even though now I stutter more, there's a lot more slurring of words as I'm thinking or I've just been drinking a lot or I have to edit a lot more. Even then, I think it's a better product. But you know what? After the movies, we oh, we also have a pick of the week. I forgot to say that one movie above all that I say, hey, if you go see any movie in the theaters this week, you should see this one. And then I wrap it all up with a question of the week. It's a question I pose to you that I would like you to answer. And then I will read your answer on the next episode. We only ever have one or two people outside of this very house that do it. And I'm very thankful, very thankful for all of you. But you know what? If you're a if you're a listener and and you don't answer, you do you. You you just keep doing you, but just consider it. You know, maybe one one week just shoot me a email, shoot me a tweet, hit me up on Instagram, which I will be more active on soon. I swear to God, it's just this weird shit going on with my phone. But you know, reach out. Anyway, let us jump into our first segment, which as always is the news. This just in from Hollywood. The news. Uh, this first story is just from, well, everywhere, because everyone's talking about it. As you probably have heard, Harvey Weinstein got, what, 25, 20, 23, somewhere around there? 20-something years in prison. I know that's not directly related to a movie, but gum. And I think not not only is that story good because some people get justice, but because I think it shows a, a small shift that money and power will no longer get you off. That That, yes, you will be held accountable. I did hear that his lawyer tried to get his sentence reduced because he's like, look, this guy's old. If you put him in jail for 20-something years, he's going to die. To which the judge said, lol. Well, let's move on to the next story, which is a little... No, no, I, I can't say it's a little more cheery because it's still a tragedy. There's a documentary on the way from documentarian Anthony Baxter about the aftermath of the Flint water crisis, which we can't forget is still going on. Those people have been because remember, the 24-hour news cycle is just looking for the next thing. Flint is old news. No one cares about them anymore. But this guy is trying to make a documentary. The only downside that I see is that the other documentaries he's done before have been huge left-leaning documentaries, like anti-Trump documentaries. And the reason that's a bad thing in my eyes is that people might automatically look at him and go, nah, f*** him even though this isn't a political issue, this is a humanitarian issue, unless he tries to politicize the Flint water thing, which, I mean, you can do, but I think you'd be serving the public better as if you just brought more eyes to it, rem reminding people it's a thing. But it's supposed to come out sometime this month, but we will see. And in pretty important movie news, this from Digital Spy, Peter Rabbit 2 has been delayed, and while I particularly am not saddened by the delay of Peter Rabbit 2, because I'm not going to see it in theaters, it's delayed due to the coronavirus, or more and more movies are being put on hold, though Disney and Marvel are going f***ing balls to the wall saying, hey, f*** it, people will come see our movies anyway. So Peter Rabbit 2 was the second movie to be delayed. Uh, as of now, Bond, the new Bond movie has been delayed back to November. I actually just learned that one. I didn't know that yet. The good news for this show is that if a company's going to delay their movie, normally we get more than a week's notice. So, hey, my show should still be accurate. Yay for me. This next story comes to us from Andy Wire. Actor Stephen Lang is apparently filming four 
sequels at once. No, not different sequels. All four Avatar movies are being filmed at the same time. He says it's getting a little confusing. Gee, I wonder why. You know what's really f***ing confusing to me is how the fuck is Stephen Lang's character in, Av in the Avatar sequels unless it's some sort of weird prequel or time loop thing because I thought he died. And you know what? I still hope the Avatar movies do well. I, I really do. I hope they do well. I hope James Cameron can recapture the magic of that first one that really captured a lot of people. I was enamored. I love it. I loved it. I haven't watched the movie in years. I, I went back to watch it a couple times and then that's it. But this could also be a huge flop because does anyone give a shit about Avatar anymore? Who knows? And ladies and gentlemen, this story comes from Uproxx and, and a lot of people talked about it, but the first time I saw it was Uproxx. And who knew about that huge Marvel villain that I never even knew existed? Yeah, his name is Tom Cruise, apparently. Because I never knew that Doug Ray Scott was originally cast as Logan, and then apparently during the filming of Mission Impossible 2, Doug Ray Scott was going to do both films. He said he could do it, it wouldn't have caused the issue, but Tom Cruise said no, so he had to give up the role to finish filming Mission Impossible 2, and thus Hugh Jackman got the role. So nothing personal against Doug Ray Scott, nothing personal at all, but I think Tom Cruise may have inadvertently done us a favor because Hugh Jackman was amazing. The X-Men movies are notoriously hit or miss, but one of the good things about those original movies was the casting. They, they had a good cast. Patrick Stewart as Xavier. We had Ian McKellen as Magneto, Halle Berry as Storm, Famke Jensen as Jean Grey, James Marsden as Cyclops, Anna Paquin as Rogue, Rebecca Romaine as a better mystique than Jennifer Lawrence ever was. The cast was great, and it's because of apparently Tom Cruise's actions that we got Hugh Jackman. So thank you, Tom, Tom Cruise. And a story from Nerdist, the Guardians of the Galaxy will appear in Thor Love and Thunder. There's no news as to the extent of this incorporation. It's just known that the Guardians of the Galaxy will somehow be featured in Thor Love and Thunder. In a story from comicbook.com, The Eternal, the upcoming Marvel Studios movie based on the Eternals is getting boycotted by one million moms over a same-sex kiss. And you know what? That's very smart of them. If any of their kids saw a same-sex kiss, they may catch the gay. We're talking about the coronavirus. We don't even know how contagious the gay is. Remember back in the day when it was just Ellen? And then all of a sudden, the gay is spreading all around. We have to stop this. This is a travesty, a national emergency. It is a pandemic of gay. I would say all one million of those bitches could kiss my ass, but I just don't want to catch anything weird. Those bitches probably don't even wash their hands. In news from Newsday, Disney is set to release a Beatles documentary done by Peter Jackson. With Peter Jackson's history, this could either be a fantastic documentary or utter garbage. Only time will tell. And finally, in the news from IndieWire, Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson test positive for coronavirus while in Australia. That's really it. They uh, released a statement saying, Hello folks, Rita and I are down here in Australia. We felt a bit tired, like we had colds and some body aches. Rita had some chills that came and went. Slight fevers too. To play things right as needed in the world right now, we were tested for the coronavirus and were found to be positive. Well now, what to do next? The medical officials have protocols that must be followed. We Hankses will be tested, observed, and isolated for as long as public health and safety requires. Not much more to it than a one-day-at-a-time approach, no? We'll keep the world posted on and updated. Take care of yourselves. Well, let's hope the best, because he is... God, how old is Tom Hanks? Let's see. Ooh, Tom Hanks is 63 years old, just on the good side of the, uh, of the row-row side of coronavirus. Well, my feature friends, that is it for the news. Let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, and we'll be right back with the trailer trove. Please stay tuned. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day -day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. 
Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Welcome back. It is time for everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. All right, well, let's start with the first movie that had a trailer that caught my eye called Greyhound. This is a historical war drama set early in World War II. An inexperienced U.S. Navy captain must lead an Allied convoy being stalked by Nazi U-boat wolf packs. This is based on a novel by C.S. Forster and screenplay written by Tom Hanks, being directed by Aaron Schneider, who directed movies like, wow, not much, just one called Get Low. Huh. I mean, good for him. This looks good. The trailer makes it look pretty, pretty awesome. This has Tom Hanks and Elizabeth Shue in it. And it does have a huge cast, but these are those are the people that stood out. And this looks amazing. My butthole was puckered the whole time. We have this ship leading an envoy being stalked by a bunch of U-boats. And I, I can't wait. I think this looks really good, really tense. It looks well done. The CG looks very convincing. And even when in the trailer, when the CG suffers a bit, it it wasn't enough to make me go, oh, now, come on. Not like the trailer for Call of the Wild did. Those people couldn't even do a dog convincingly the whole time. These people have a whole maritime battle going on. This comes out June 12th, 2020. Next up, folks, we have a film called Antebellum starring Janelle Monet and Jenna Maloney, Kiersey Clemens, Jack Houston, Eric Lang. And just listen to this premise and see if it sounds familiar. A successful author named Veronica finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality as she is transported to the Antebellum South during the time of slavery. And I'm going to stop it right there because I, I think if you were going to get what this sounds like, you would have got it already. So this sounds like a book from 1979 written by Octavia Butler called Kindred. A Kindred is about this uh, this young black woman going back and forth in time. Like all of a sudden she'll be back in time in the antebellum South and how she's somehow connected to this the son of the slave owner. And each time she goes back, time has passed more time in the past than in the current time. So she's gone for like a minute, but Almost a year has passed or something like that. So there are definitely huge differences between the two. But why are we seeing this movie before we ever saw a Kindred movie? Kindred has been a popular book for decades. And you know what? This does look good. I I do want to see this. It's probably going to be very different from Kindred beneath the surface. But on the surface level, I'm just wondering why, why haven't we seen a kindred movie yet was this octavia butler's doing did she not want it to be done because they didn't she didn't think they can do it right i don't know it's just a little weird to me antebellum comes out april 24th next up folks we have another trailer for scoob it looks basically looks like the same trailer as the last one but a couple new scenes it still looks horrible this looks like a bad idea why are they making this scooby-doo doesn't say complete sentences and if that was all that bugged me, I might consider seeing this, but it, it just looks bad. And just like a huge waste of time, it comes out May 15th. All right, folks, next up, we have another trailer for, oh, what is it called? The Secret Garden. This is a another telling of this same story we've seen before, based on the novel by Francis Hodgson Burnett, starring Colin Firth, Julie Walters, and Dixie Edgerix, I guess. There's a lot of consonants in there, so whatever her name is. And normally when they remake movies, we've seen a million times before. There are other Secret Garden movies. There are Secret Garden cartoons, Secret Garden TV movies, Secret Garden TV. Well, not really TV show, but there's a lot done with the Secret Garden. I wonder what they're going to do different. And this one, at least, looks beautiful. I have never read The Secret Garden, so I don't know how accurate it's being, especially through just the trailer. So it looks like it's worth a shot, but according to Anne's 
slight outrage when we did watch a trailer, there are things that are wrong about it. And unfortunately, when we talk about movies based on books, that's just something that we know is going to happen. The Harry Potter series got more further and further away from the books as it went on. And not that they changed the story, it's just that lot was left out. Um, what else? Ready Player One, the book was really good while the movie was utter shit. Winnie the Pooh, based on a book, but every time they do a movie, they do some other story involving Pooh and friends, which I, I don't mind that one. That's fine. But this looks like a perfect movie for a family night out coming out okay, April 3rd in the UK. And in America, I actually don't see a date. So maybe in April, unless it gets pushed back because of coronavirus. Ladies and gentlemen, next up, we have a trailer for a movie called Radium Girls, which is actually was a movie made a couple years ago it hit tribeca film festival on uh, in april of 2018 but it's only hitting theaters now for some reason it's coming out april 3rd and it's based on a true story about a group of women who were fighting against a big company because they had a job to paint numbers on a watch face using a paint that had radium in it that would make it glow and supposedly Weird that ingesting radium and exposure to it is bad for you. These women start having ill health effects, teeth falling out, coughing up blood, looking terrible because, well, they're suffering from suffering from radium poisoning. And the big, strong mega corporation at that time was telling them, oh, you know what? Well, we own all these doctors. Then no one will no one will speak up for you. We have more money so we can beat you in court. We just have to keep the case going until you die. Because you're going to die. We know it, but no way we're going to let you tell anyone. This is a movie that just seems 100% infuriating that hopefully has a happy ending. I'm hoping. And it stars Joey King, who you would know from Hulu's The Act or the first Conjuring movie. And finally, my future friends, in the trailer trove, we have the next trailer for The Jungle, or just Jungle Cruise. This is a, another movie Disney is basing off one of their rides, the first, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean. And what can I say? I want to see this. Of course, this is a, this is an action-adventure comedy made by Disney, okay, starring The Rock, Emily Blunt, Jesse Plemons, Paul Giamatti. You don't need anything else there's nothing else you need to know we you you could just take the cast that's all i would need to know you could just take the fact that it's a big budget action adventure adventure movie from disney that's all i would need to know this looks fun i cannot wait i have two possible release dates here the first is july 24th but also it could be september 16th i doubt this has anything to do with the virus i think it has everything to do with the movie still in post production i think it looks entertaining they they took a ride of theirs and built an entire movie around it. It worked once. It could work again. And we're not going to if you any of you actually heard about the Venom 2 teaser, it's it's fake. It's well done. It's really well done, but it is fake. We don't have any footage yet from Venom 2. But if you want to watch the best fake trailer I've seen in a while, you can look it up. Well, my future friends, let us take our next break as we hear word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, everyone, we are back with the limited release movies. So let's start with one called Just One More Kiss. Till Death Do Us Part wasn't nearly long enough for Max and Abby as his ghost returns to help her get over him. But with a second chance to be together, neither will ever want to say goodbye again. Oh, This stars no one of note. Next up in the limited section, we have a movie called The Dog Doc. Called a maverick, a miracle worker, and a quack, Dr. Marty Goldstein is a pioneer of integrative veterinary medicine by holistically treating animals after other vets have given up hope. 
This is a documentary. Next up, folks, we have a film called Tuscaloosa. 22 and on the verge of entering high society, college graduate Billy Mitchell finds his plans changing when he falls in love with an inmate with multiple personalities at his father's mental institution. This stars Devin Bostwick from The 100, Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things, Tate Donovan from Argo, and Nathan Phillips from Wolf Creek. After that, we have a film called Lost Girls. When Mari Gilbert's daughter disappears, police in action drives her own investigation into the gated Long Island community where Shannon was last seen. Her search brings attention to over a dozen murdered sex workers. This stars Amy Ryan from Gone Baby Gone, Thomason McKenzie from The King, Lola Kirk from American Maid, Gabriel Byrne from The Usual Suspects, Dean Winters from John Wick, and Kevin Corrigan from Pineapple Express. And finally, my future friends, in the limited release section, we have a movie called Inside the Rain. Facing expulsion from college over a misunderstanding, a bipolar student indulges his misery at a strip club where he befriends a gorgeous, intelligent, outrageous woman, and they hatch a madcap scheme to prove his innocence. Yay. This stars writer and director of the film Aaron Fisher, who did a movie called Single and Baller, Rosie Perez from White Men Can't Jump, and of course, Eric Roberts from The Dark Knight. Who else would be in this other than Eric Roberts. Well, my future friends, I know it was a short, limited section, but let us take our next break anyway to hear word from our friends at the Watchmouth Podcast, and we'll be right back with all of the wide releases and interesting indies. Please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, future friends, welcome back to the show. Let us jump right back into it with the wide releases and interesting indies. And let's start with one that actually surprises me quite a bit that it made the list a movie called I Still Believe. The true-life story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. This stars KJ Appa from Riverdale, Britt Robertson from Tomorrowland, Melissa Roxburg, maybe, from Manifest, Gary Sinise from Forrest Gump, Abigail Cohen from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and singer Shania Twain. If you've listened to the show before, you know why I thought this was going to make make it in the limited section instead, just because there's a stigma around Christian movies and for good reason, because a lot of the time they are not just because of the lack of a budget, but because they're boring, contrived stories that just preach to the choir, preach to people who just want to watch a movie that makes them feel good and affirm their beliefs. But this one doesn't look like a movie like all those others. Of course, there's going to be the Christian element to it. That doesn't bother me because I am Christian. But for all of you out there who may not be, maybe that's going to be an issue. In which case, hey, don't watch it. That's fine. I mean, this doesn't look like a great movie. It just looks entertaining. Okay, that's kind of f***ed up to say, isn't it? A movie uh, based on a true story about this man whose wife is really sick. (laughs) Oh, that's entertaining. (laughs) Good old, good old fun there. What I'm trying to say, and what I I hope most of you knew I was trying to say, is that it it looks like a fine film. It doesn't look like some Kirk Cameron megachurch movie that looks like it's 100% skippable. So yes, this is a movie that surprised me, and maybe the fact that it did surprise me had something to do with the fact that it not only made it on this list, but its score that I still believe gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Lost Transmissions. When an acclaimed music producer goes off his medication for schizophrenia, 
His friends chase him through the L.A. music scene to help commit him to a psychiatric hospital, revealing the troubling inadequacies of our mental health care system. This stars Simon Pegg from The World's End, Juno Temple from Horns, Alexandra Daddario from Percy Jackson series, and Tao Okamoto from The Wolverine. The trailer I watched for this movie did definitely show that, where Simon Pegg plays this music producer who's quite brilliant, and he's helping this young woman start her career, but she has a choice to make. And this is what the synopsis doesn't doesn't lead into, is that he works with a lot of people, and he does have close friends built through the industry. But the main character, it seems, in this is this young woman whose career is just starting, and she has a choice to make. There's a popular pop star played by Alexandra Daddario, who hears Juno Temple sing, who hears her song, goes, I want that song. I want you to write for me. So she has a choice to make of, do I want to write songs for this other artist where I will make money, my songs will get out there, but it won't be me singing? Or do I want to do these myself, risking the fact that I may fail? It does seem through the trailer that she does write at least one or two songs for Alexandra Daddario's character, but the uh, the question still remains, what's she going to do for her career, but then guess what? The music producer, this this guy she's getting closer to, as a friend it seems like, I don't see any romance in it, this guy she's getting closer to friend-wise goes off his rocker, and they have to find him and help him out. And I think movies like this help. It, it helps relieve the stigma of, of mental health issues. Like, you, you see this person, and it, he's just like you and me. Well, maybe not a rich music producer, but other than that, acts like a normal person. But guess what? There is there is an issue there. And when he goes off his meds, he becomes someone that, let's be honest, if we see walking down the street, walking towards us, you may turn around, you may cross the street, change directions. Just the other day at work, I was walking, I, I take a walk around the block on my break for health reasons. It has nothing to do with Pokemon Go, he says as he sips his beer. And there's this woman just screaming to herself, walking right down the middle of the street. And I became hyper aware of myself, as in, should I turn and go the f- the other way? Will this draw her attention and her wrath? Will it hurt her feelings? Is there like, is she sane enough at this time that it would even register with her? So I cared way too much about walking a block because of this. So movies like this, if done well, bring to light these issues that even people like me, that I didn't have a mean bone in my body towards this person. I I didn't wish them ill will or anything, but I was still weary of them going, ooh, ooh, should I, should I get the f*** going the other way? But the question is, of course, how much of this movie will be dedicated to Juno Temple's story and how much of it will be dedicated to Simon Pegg's story? Will it be equal? Will it be more her? Will it be divided up? Will it be her and her career in the first half with him taking precedent in the second half with her career still on the back burner? But we'll see which one they do once this comes out. As for now, this gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, we have a film that I'm still not sure belongs on this list. It's still right on the fence, but I thought let's err on the side of caution because, you know, there are huge stakes to this show. No, there's nothing. Nothing. No one cares. I mean, I care. But if I get something wrong, it's not going to be like the hammer of God comes down upon me. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called The Informer. An ex-convict working undercover intentionally gets himself incarcerated again in order to infiltrate the mob at a maximum security prison. Because that is a f***ing wonderful idea that will never, ever backfire. This stars Joel Kinnaman from 2014's Robocop, Rosamund Pike from Die Another Day, Common from Smoke and Aces, Ana de Armas from Knives Out, and Clive Owen from Children of Men. I wasn't interested when the first trailer came out, just because it's so... We, we've seen this movie before. We really have. But for some reason, when I watched the, the second trailer... When I was doing my show notes, something just made it seem interesting. I think that it showed more of more of the police procedural aspect and part of this movie where we have one cop that seems to be pretty decent and wants to do right by this guy who's who's being basically used by the cops. 
as an undercover prisoner. And she also has to watch out because when she goes south, guess what? Maybe the cops that other cops are working with him will just want to dump him and leave him there because who's going to believe him when he goes, oh, no, no, I was working with the cops the whole time. The good about this is that this doesn't look terrible. It really doesn't. The bad is this is a contrived plot. We've seen a ton of movies like this before. We've seen episodes of TV shows like this. And the trailer did nothing to set it apart from those that came before it. The only thing this movie is good for right now, unless it can prove to us otherwise, is a watch one day on a rainy day or a sick day. You're staying home. You want to watch something mindless, something familiar, but maybe not a rewatch. Then this is the movie. And I know that's a very specific circumstance, but it's going to happen to you at least once during a year. You know, when, you, when you're sick enough that you don't go to work, but you also don't want to go back to bed because it might make you feel worse, but you're just kind of not all there. So, you know, if you watch some other movie, you might miss something. But, oh, there's this movie. It doesn't look terrible. But if I do miss something, I won't necessarily care that much. That's what this movie is good for. And because of that fact, it gets a five out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called The Roads Not Taken. Leo is slowly losing his mind, causing him to float between the alternative lives he could have had lived if he made different choices. His daughter Molly wrestles with her own path as she considers her future as well as her father's well-being. This stars Javier Bardem from No Country from Old Men, Elle Fanning from Maleficent, Selma Hayek from Desperado, Laura Linney from Kinsey, and Baranka Kadic from Public Enemies. You know what? I can't remember the last time I said this about a movie with Elle Fanning in it, and I'm going to say that this looks good. And it looks good because we have Javier Bardem and Selma Hayek, two fantastic actors who are in roles that look similar to ones they've done before, but not, you know, not a carbon copy. They can bring something new to the table with this. Laura Linney, always good. I'm not very familiar with uh, Branaka Kadic. And Elle Fanning looks okay in this. She looks okay. I didn't see her in the movie and actively hate her, which is probably one of the nicest things I've said about her ever. And I don't want to dislike actors. I I don't want to do that. I, I want everyone out there to be wonderful. I want everyone to be good. I want everyone to give great performances because that just means there's going to be more great movies to watch. But unfortunately, there are going to be people that you don't like. There are going to be people that just don't resonate with you. And for me, it's her. Her, Johnny Depp, just like you, I have a list of people that if they're in a movie, I am less likely to see it. And I think this looks good enough that I can ignore her. Maybe, maybe I'll watch this and go, wow, she was good in this. Just like I am not, I am normally not a huge fan of Scarlett Johansson because she doesn't really act. She is a bland character. She is a Jennifer Lawrence she is a Twilight-era Kristen Stewart. She is someone that doesn't have emotions, just super boring. Then Scarlett Johansson did Marriage Story, which I didn't like as a film, but I liked it for the acting. The acting was superb. And Anne said something that I, I agree with. It actually makes me a little angry because she could have done this the entire time. And I know it's not all her fault. I get it. Maybe Elle Fanning's mediocrity isn't her fault either. Maybe it's the fact that she's been typecast as this blank slate white piece of paper that's boring as f Maybe she needs her own marriage story. Maybe she needs something to cut her acting chops with so we can go, oh, look, she does know how to do it. Unfortunately for Johnny Depp, one of my other people I'm not too fond of, it's more the fact that I'm just really bored of him. I think it was Johnny Depp's saturation. Anyway, enough about that, and let's finish up talking about The Road's Not Taken. This looks good, and it looks like a tearjerker, because based on the premise, there's no real way that this can end well. There's no real way that we can get a truly happy ending. Best case scenario, he Javier Bardem survives the movie. Maybe, maybe even his mental situation gets better, but we still have this what if hanging over his head that apparently a what if he cared enough about to hallucinate the entire what if scenario. And we still have this family that tried to give up on him except for his daughter played by Elle Fanning. So the absolute best case scenario for this is bittersweet. So guess what? If you're looking for a happy movie, actually, this is just a bad week for you. I am sorry. 
If you're looking for a movie with an interesting premise with solid acting in it, this could be your movie. The Road's Not Taken gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a movie that won't get confusing at all called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Not to be confused with Sometimes, Always, Never. A pair of teenage girls in rural Pennsylvania travel to New York City to seek out medical help after an unintended pregnancy. This stars newcomers Sidney Flanagan and Talia Ryder, as well as Sharon Van Etten from... I'm still not sure how to say it. Is is it the OA or is it the OA? Whichever, the Netflix show, she's from it. And welcome to yet another movie where happiness is probably going to be a long forgotten memory. Because this is going to tell a very real story. We have a young woman who lives in a state where abortions are illegal. So instead of going, oh, well, shocks, got it. Guess I got to have it. This girl grabs one of her friends and they go to New York where it is legal. And this is just going to be dark and depressing. We have two girls who don't have a lot of money, so they can't afford a room. They take the, a train or a bus. I'm not sure how they get there, but they go up there. They have to wait for a clinic to open. But guess what? They have nowhere to go in New York City. One of the one of the cities that, depending on the movie you watch, could either be breathtakingly beautiful or the scariest place on Earth. Which I think is an accurate rep representation of New York. I have never been there myself, but I've heard stories from various people. Wonderful stories of what a beautiful, culturally rich town it is. The amazing landmarks, food, uh, everything there. And then stories of sheer terror. But enough about New York, more about Sidney Flanagan and Talia Ryder. Brand new actresses and... Of course, based only on the trailer, since that's all we have here at Future Flicks, it looks like they do a good job. I mean, I don't see any awards for this film. I don't see any huge standing ovations, but I see two actresses who are doing a very convincing job portraying their characters who can make me sit there and feel for them going, wow, that's and I think movies like this are important because I think this is important conversation to have because I think the I think the conversation regarding this political talking point, it will hopefully show a very realistic example of what happens when states put strict laws on it. And you know what? This is going to be a very polarizing movie. There are probably some of you who have heard enough. You're like, no, nah, I'm never going to watch this movie. And it just could be because you're not interested. Fair enough. Or it could be because you're so on the other side. You're like, nope, never. And you know, okay, that's fine. You have your beliefs. This is a show about movies. We're not going to argue here. I mean, it's not like you're trying to tell me the earth is flat or some stupid shit like that. That's right. Fight me, Shaquille O'Neal. No, I, I don't want to die. Please, please don't fight me. But at the end of the day, we have a movie that looks like it's well acted. It looks like it's a good film, but also it's about a topic that's going to be super sensitive to some people, which will greatly limit how many people see this. And even then, even if you are pro-choice, even if you're adamantly pro-choice, you still may look at this and go, nah, not interested. I did find this interesting, but I have to be honest, I may never watch it. Never, rarely, sometimes, always gets a six out of 11. And speaking of the other movie, uh, Sometimes Always Never, I read something interesting right now that one, I, I just Googled it to make sure I got the name right. And if you don't remember, that was the movie from last week, I think, or two weeks ago with Bill Nye about that old dude who's going to look for his missing son. But when I Googled the movie, it showed a, a, a site that said there are no reviews for this movie yet because it's not being released until April 12th, I think they said. Let's see. When's it coming in April? Probably April 10th. That's the Friday there. So who knows? Maybe my future friends, you may be hearing about that movie one more time on the show. Well, we have two movies left, and I'm going to be honest, it's kind of a lackluster week that... The two movies that I had to pick from as pick of the week, or technically The Road's Not Taken was in contention for pick of the week. I, I do have to be honest with that. But the other two, mm, nah, no, not, I'm not super, super stoked on. So let's get it out of the way with the next film and the final film that's not the pick of the week, which is called Bloodshot. Ray Garrison, a slain soldier, is reanimated with superpowers and forced to complete various missions, getting his mind wiped after each one. But as he starts to recall his past life, he decides to fight back. This stars Vin Diesel from Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I'd like to remind people he was in that every once in a while. Sam Hugan, I think, from Outlander. Isaac Gonzalez from Baby Driver. Toby Kebbell from Rock and Rolla. 
Guy Pierce from Memento, Johans Hucker Johansson, I think, from Alpha, and Tallulah Riley from Westworld. You heard me talk about this movie before when the trailer dropped. This is a comic book movie, but not in the same vein as Marvel or DC. This is uh, one of those, I actually had to look it up, Valiant Comics did Bloodshot. So not even Image, IDW, or Dark Horse. Wow. Okay. I mean, nothing against them. This is a film that I'm not sure if even the studio believes in. Just because, ask yourself this. If any of you watch more TV than me, because remember, most of the TV I get is through streaming because I don't want to pay for f***ing cable. Those of you who do watch cable TV, have you seen a trailer for this? Like, honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm, I, I do want to know. Because the only time I ever saw a trailer for this is when I searched for it. I actually saw trailers for The Road's Not Taken and The Unfortunate Pick of the Week and uh, The Informer. I've seen trailers for those on YouTube, on Instagram, in various places. But Bloodshot, I've seen Jack and shit. So we have a comic book movie that does sound interesting. It really does, but it wasn't sold. It doesn't feel like they put any money into selling this. Even some of my friends that love comics had no idea this was coming out, and they knew about the Bloodshot comic. The good news is that the latest trailer I watched for this film did make it look a little more interesting than the first one, so I'm a little more intrigued. I may see this one day. If I can find this on streaming, or if my library gets it, or if I see it in a Walmart bargain bin or a Best Buy bargain bin, yeah, maybe I'll pick it up and watch it. This did enough to get my attention. It didn't do enough to get my money. But what we have here is a film starring Vin Diesel, action star, we know him very well, about this guy who's brought back to life after being killed. We don't know how he's killed, that's probably part of the plot. All he remembers is that he has a wife, or had a wife that he loved very much, and she was murdered. No, he knows who did it, he remembers, he breaks out of there, goes to kill the person, and then boom, his memory's wiped and they do it all again. Did he have a wife? Was he really a soldier? Who knows? He'll find out, because that's part of the movie. It's a truly interesting idea, and I just wonder if it even had a chance. I wonder if this could have been a, a notable movie. I wonder if this could have been a movie that got attention if it had been sold better. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to do Marvel money. It's not going to make f you money, but it could have gotten at least a little notoriety. It could have gotten some people talking about it which is more than it has now. I've seen more articles about I Still Believe than I have about Bloodshot. I've already seen I Still Believe reviews, and I've seen jack shit about Bloodshot. And we have a movie that has a, has a nice cast. I mean, it's not huge, but Vin Diesel's respectable. Guy Pierce, one time was a big name. Isaac Gonzalez was in Baby Driver, and she was good. I liked her. Toby Kebble. If you remember, he was the bad guy ape in the uh, Planet of the Apes films. Koba? Koba. Yeah, that was, a, that was a bad ape's name. Koba. This film has a lot of promise. And I think at this point, the best case scenario is that it's a movie that some of us do see and like and go, hey, friend of mine, I know your tastes. You might like this. And I think it's going to have a better life once it hits streaming or Blu-ray DVD, Redbox, anything like that. You know, I've been wrong before, but I don't think I'm wrong about this. It looks entertaining, but ultimately skippable, because if I do 100% miss it, if right after I post this episode, I forget about Bloodshot and I miss it, I don't think I'll miss out. Bloodshot gets a 7.5 out of 11. And with that, my future friends, it's time for the pick of the week. This week is brought to you by Mirror Pond Pale Ale by Deschutes Brewery. Not really, it's just what I'm drinking, because I thought I'd do a test because, you know, some weeks, if, especially if you've been listening for a while, you can tell my vocal quality isn't that great. Because maybe during the day, I've had quite a bit of milk or soda or something that causes a lot of phlegm, so I don't sound that great. Beer also isn't wonderful for that, but I thought, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a try again. And I think it's fine, right? I don't think you can tell much. Besides, listen to Watch Your Mouth. Those guys drink a lot of beer, and Ken has a voice silkier than Sheets. I'll tell you that. Anyway... The pick of the week, my future friends, is called The Hunt. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know that they've been chosen for a very specific purpose. The Hunt. This stars Hilary Swank from Million Dollar Baby, Ike Barinholtz from Neighbors, Wayne Duvall from Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Ethan Suppley from Evolution, and Emma Roberts from American Horror Story. In what kind of world, I wonder, do we now live in? that I not only had a movie with 
Elle Fanning in it that I do want to see, but also a movie with Emma Roberts as a pick of the week. I don't know what kind of f***ing f***ed up timeline this is, but here we are. And of course, unlike Elle Fanning, my problem with Emma Roberts is more of a of her as a person versus Elle Fanning, where I think she's boring. Yes, this is that movie that had made waves that everyone was talking about. Our president was tweeting about it. People were up in arms. Everyone was going, oh my God, this movie that none of us have seen, that none of us have any clue about. Uh, we're all very passionate about that and we have opinions. And then you remember the release of this movie was canceled. It was supposed to come out last year, but now I think the studio did something very, very smart. And they are re-releasing it with a trailer that hints at the fact that it's a spoof a little more. Because I watching the original trailer, you can tell that it's a spoof. But if you're a little slow on the uptake, you might have missed it. So I think the new trailers did a better job of showing the spoofiness of it. But also, they used a lot of the negative things people said about it in their ads. And they made a point to point out that this is the most talked about movie that no one has ever seen. I just had to pause because Anne came up to show me that we have apparently forgotten a carton of cream, of heavy whipping cream in the back of the fridge. And she wanted to show me just how bad it had gone. So she opened the garden and turned it upside down and not a f***ing drop came out. Oh my God. I swear to you, we don't live in squalor. We don't. We have a, we, we have a nice house. But back to the movie, yes, this is the film that had people talking, that had people up in arms, especially the right, which just proves that we can come together about something. The left gets outraged about shit all the time. We can be outraged together, and it'll be a community exercise, a countrywide exercise in togetherness. We can all hate very well. Sarcasm aside, The Hunt did something really, really smart really smart in their rebranding something similar to what the interview did if you remember the interview the uh, james franco seth rogan film about the talk show host and his manager or whatever who are asked by the cia to kill kim jong-un and they just kind of used it and if you remember that movie came out and nothing happened this movie is going to come out and nothing is going to happen this is a spoof. If you are one of the people who is outraged by this film, or if you agree with those who were, easy peasy. Don't watch it. Explain to your friends your views. Maybe they won't watch it. I don't know. Do anything else but be so loud and obnoxious about a movie you haven't seen. But let's also be fair. There are times where trailers show us enough that we can be offended before we've seen it, that we can go, whoa, 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 that's not cool. So yeah, I admit there are times where that's perfectly logical where you can see a trailer going oh f that movie i'm never gonna watch that sh i've done it before you've listened to the show i haven't seen some of these movies and i've been like nah fuck it but for this level of outrage it, it was just a little silly all in all i think this is going to be a, a mediocre film it falls in that gray area of not bad not great the only reason the only reason it beat the roads not taken and bloodshot for pick of the week is because I like Hilary Swank, and I think that her character could potentially make this a good movie. Especially because the trailer seemed to hint that this movie wasn't really about the elite left killing the deplorable right, that that really wasn't all there was to it. So I think this movie has potential to be pretty good. Am I going to watch this movie? Maybe. Maybe one day. I'm not going to watch it in theaters. I'm not going to make a point to keep an eye out for it for it to hit streaming. But if you do watch a film this week, I think this should be it. I think this this has the best chance of being an entertaining theater watch. The Hunt gets a 7.5 out of 11. And with that, my future friends, let us take our final break as we hear word from our friends at We're Doing Fine. With Robbie and Lisa, please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. And we're back. We're back with the question of the week. And in case you do not remember, let me reiterate the question. The question was, you get to ask 
your favorite actor or actress one question. Who do you pick and what question do you ask? Let's start with our good friend, good friend of the show, Brian Q, who answered, quite unfortunately, Max von Sydow. And the question he'd ask was, what move did he beat you with? Of course, that is a reference to the, oh God, what year was it? I already have it up. 1957 classic film, The Seventh Seal, starring Max von Sydow, directed by Igmar Bergman. Oh, direct and written by Ingmar Bergman. Fun fact, The Seventh Seal was one of the first movies that started my interest in movies outside of, you know, the obvious big blockbuster films. Because when I was a kid, I loved, all, let's go see Ninja Turtles, let's go see Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, all these films. Nothing wrong with them at all. But see an artsy film? F*** that. And then in class, sometime in mid-high school, I think we had to watch The Seventh Seal. And I was like, oh my god, this is going to be boring. And I was enthralled by this. It was a great film. If you don't know what it's about, it's about this guy who's a, a medieval knight and he has to play a game of chess that he plays with the personification of death who's come to take his life, but he goes, hey, I'm gonna I'm, let's play chess and if I win, I live. If you win, I die. And death's like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. So thank you, Brian Q. As always, great answer and god, that's a great film and I real, realize I don't own it and that's some sort of crime. For the next answer, let's turn to this very house. Anne says, I'd ask Leah Michelle, how's Sheila? For those of you who don't know, Sheila is Leah Michelle's cat. Thus, they would bond about cats since we have cats. She has a cat and they would become best friends for life, of course. Or as Anne said, duh. You guys know I give dog people shit on the show, but I always do point out that cat people are just as crazy, just in different ways. But you must know, if you've ever owned a pet, that if you find someone who has the same type of pet as you, you are automatically friends. Maybe not friends for life, but for this conversation, you could talk about, oh, don't you hate it when your hamster does this? You're like, oh, classic hamster stuff. In fact, Brian Q one time commented on a tweet I, I made about a cat, and he, he said something. I'm like, oh, of course I know what you're talking about. Yes, cat shit. It was literally shit. We're talking about litter boxes, but... It's an instant bond. And now, my future friends, it's time for my answer. And I think about meeting celebrities a lot. Not like crazy think about it, but just like, what would I ask them? And I think about it sometimes. And I do have certain set questions because I have met celebrity chefs and I've met comic book authors. I, I've met, you know, lower tier celebrities, but I always try to have something in the chamber. So if I like when I met Alton Brown, I was super starstruck. And I was like, and so I just pulled the first one out of my head, question out of my head. Because I know if I ever meet some of my favorite, favorite celebrities, I would just freak the f*** out, probably. As all, as you all know, I have a huge man crush on both Matt Damon and Ewan McGregor. But if I have to pick one, Matt Damon would be who I would pick. And if I had to ask him, or if I could ask him anything, besides would you be my best friend? Oh, let's see, what would I say? It would be very interesting to know this, to ask him, when did you know you made it? Like, when did you know you were big shit? And that would be very interesting to know. And it can also tell you something about who you're asking that of. Like, did it have something to do with relationships with fans? Like, oh, they couldn't go anywhere without being swarmed anymore. Or was it their first movie that made X amount of money? Or was it their first nomination for something? Another question that I always have on the back burner that I've just asked actors, just, you know, not even anyone famous, like some, like a community theater person that I, I would talk to. I go, hey, what role out of all the movies ever done? What role from history do you think you could do really well? Well, with that, my future friends, it is time for the next question of the week. And that question is... What is your least favorite role from one of your favorite actors? Or even if you hated one, like your favorite actor, actress, someone was in something you actually hated them in, but you still love them. What was that? So to reiterate, what's your least favorite role of one of your favorite actors? Well, my future friends, that is it for episode 167 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Thank you, as always, for listening. And let's jump into the closing housekeeping you can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. 
and also share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>